Let's talk about criticism for a moment here. As writers, we face a lot of it. And there's one thing that I know to be true, and that's whether the criticism is well-intended and there to help us grow as writers, or whether it's mean-spirited and really just there to undermine our self-confidence, it doesn't really matter because a lot of times all of the criticism lands the same way in our bodies and in our minds. It lands really heavily. And I've seen it be the force that prevents writers from continuing to write. They give up. They think that they're just not meant to be creative people. They're not meant to be authors. I've seen it also just make writers hide their work from the world, too afraid to show it to anyone. So today I want to talk to you about the eight methods that I found as very helpful to help writers understand and handle and compartmentalize criticism so that we as creative beings can keep creating, so that we can have the self-confidence to keep writing our stories and showing them to the world and pursuing publication for our novels. Hello and welcome to the Mini Worlds Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Heather Davis. I'm a book coach, a developmental editor, and a fellow storyteller. And this is the show that's all about how to brainstorm, write, edit, publish, and sell powerful speculative fiction novels, and maybe just change the world too. Writers are creative beings, and with creativity comes the risk of criticism. Actually, that's not true. Um, with creativity comes the inevitability of criticism, and it kind of comes from everywhere. So sometimes as writers, we are asking for criticism, kind and constructive criticism, meaning we go out and we hire book coaches and we hire developmental editors and we ask beta readers to read our novels and we're asking them to criticize our work. I mean, we're not asking them to be mean, of course not, but we are asking them to be honest and to tell us what they are thinking when they're reading our novels, what landed really well and what wasn't quite there yet. So we're, you know, in that case, we're asking for the criticism. But even when we're asking for it, sometimes it lands really heavily on us and it can make us question whether we're good writers, right? It can make us really question whether we're meant to be writers at all, whether we're meant to be authors. It can make us think we're kind of the worst writer that ever existed because, right, how could someone find so many problems with our work if we were meant to do this thing? We kind of have this image that, you know, all books that we've loved sort of drop out of the author's head fully formed and beautiful. And we don't realize sort of the revision processes that writers go through. The, the idea, though, is that it doesn't matter if we're asking for it, it still affects us. It still can make us really question ourselves and it can make us really sad and it can make us really just doubt everything about ourselves. And then, of course, there's the criticism we're not even asking for. We go out into the world and we leave a Facebook comment or we post our stories on Wattpad or, you know, we actually publish a novel and, and we put it up and there's a terrible Amazon review or there's an awful book reads review. It's just kind of never ending. So once we put our creative work out there into the world, people feel the need, even when not asked, to comment on it in negative ways. And when people are leaving comments about our work, 
a lot of times they're not really thinking that an actual person is behind that work and that that criticism lands heavily. But of course, there is a person behind the work and it does land heavily. And I know that many writers have been extremely affected by the comments that they read. That's why I know absolutely that one of the most important things a writer can do is develop a way of understanding and dealing with criticism because it really is never ending, even when your novel is amazing, even when you're an amazing writer. So don't think that criticism only comes to writers who aren't very good at the craft. I personally believe we're all good at the craft in our own ways. And we're all going to get criticism. So anyway, stick around here and I'm going to tell you the eight ways of understanding and thinking about criticism that I truly believe will help you as a writer keep writing and keep showing your work to the world and keep publishing. Okay, let's jump into the seven key understandings that will help you as a writer emotionally process criticism in the healthiest way possible that will keep you writing and creating and showing your work to the world. Key understanding number one, not everyone is going to like your work, no matter how good it is. That's right. And it's really hard to think about, but just let's have a little thought experiment here. If I were to go to Amazon right now or some other place where I could pull up excerpts of books and I were to go through all the New York Times bestsellers and all the Pulitzer Prize winning books. And let's understand, these are quality books. They have sold a lot of copies. They have um, received many, many accolades, right? So they're objectively great books. If I were to pull them up right now, I probably wouldn't like most of them. And same thing with you. You probably wouldn't like most of them. You'd probably like a few. They would resonate with you. The characters would mean something. The story would speak to something that feels true in your life. But the truth is that no matter how objectively good a book is, a lot of times there are just going to be people who don't like it. So when you're feeling criticism, when you've heard it from beta readers, from reviews on Amazon, Always look at it through that lens that maybe your story just isn't for that person. No matter how much you could have revised it or rewritten it or done something differently, you could never have pleased them. So sometimes we just have to understand that. Our story, our novel, no matter how much we think it's for everyone on the planet, it's not. Everybody comes to novels with different life experiences, different kinds of stories, and different kinds of characters that resonate with them. And we just have to be okay with that. Okay, key understanding number two. Even the best novels in the world get criticism. That's right. I know it's hard to think about, but I challenge you right now to head on over to Amazon and look up your favorite novel the one that had the most important impact on you, maybe the novel that made you want to become an author in the first place. And then I want you to go to the review section. I want you to look at the one-star reviews and the two-star reviews and the three-star reviews. And what I think you'll find is a lot of criticism. There'll be people out there who are saying that the character was awful and the plot was trite and they wasted their time and they wasted their money. But you know that this novel is important that it had important and impactful things to say about the world and about people and about life. But 
the reviewers, whoever these people were, didn't see that aspect of the novel when they read it. And that's true of all novels, because criticism is subjective. It's not an objective truth, right? So when you are getting criticism, when a beta reader doesn't like your work, when a an agent rejects your work and says that it's just not for them, understand that, again, it's subjective. There's probably also that person out there, those many people out there, who will love your novel and will be changed by it. Key understanding number three. When we receive criticism of our work and it lands really heavily with us and when it makes us doubt ourselves and think that maybe we're not meant to be writers at all, it's really not our work that we're afraid isn't good enough. It's us. Let's face it. Writers, when we write, our novels are often a reflection of ourselves. They're a reflection of the deepest things that we believe and of all of our fears and struggles and all of our truths. They're all sort of wrapped up in this narrative. And even though we call it fiction, so much of it is just a part of who we are and who we have always been. I don't remember who said it, but there is a quote out there that says that we just keep writing the same story over and over again. And it's sort of this one deep truth, this one understanding that we have, and we just keep putting it in different packages. And I think that that's true. Of I know that's true for myself. Everything I write is really comes back to the same themes and, and beliefs and struggles. And I've seen it in the writers that I work with too, which means when that work that we've created is criticized, It's like someone is stabbing us in the heart, right? Because we feel that our deepest selves are being criticized. And I don't know that there's any way around this except to acknowledge it, except to say, yeah, I understand that I am, um, I, I hesitate to say taking this too personally because of course our work is personal, but we are taking that criticism for something that it was not intended to be. We are taking it as a criticism of ourselves and we have to take a step back and say, wait, no, the the reader of this work, the beta reader, the book coach, the agent, uh, the reviewer on Amazon, they they were just reading words. They they were not resonating with those particular words. It's, It's not me as the writer that is being criticized because that person doesn't even know me. They are not criticizing my view of the world or myself. So it's really just about taking a beat, taking a moment to say, that's my work that's being criticized. It's it's not me. And I will produce many works over time. And each will be different and each will have its own strengths, right? So I, as the creator, am not the work. I'm only the creator of it. Once it goes out there into the world, it takes on a life of its own. Everyone who reads it is going to get something else out of it because I cannot sit on their shoulder and interpret it for them, nor should I, right? One of the beauties of writing and creating novels is that I take something in my head and I magically transport it into someone else's head. But when it arrives there, it is their own creation. So It's not me that they're criticizing anymore. Key understanding number four. A lot of the criticism that writers receive is actually in the form of critique. 
meaning we as writers have gone out there into the world and we've asked people to review our work and tell us what they think. We've asked our critique partners and our critique groups and our beta readers and our book coaches and our developmental editors and even agents. And we've just offered them our work. And when the critiques, the criticisms start coming in, you should remember that none of them should be mean. None of them should be mean-spirited at all. In order for those criticisms, those critiques to be helpful, they have to be balanced and they have to be uplifting. Meaning, if we show our work to someone, we want them to not only tell us what's not working and what's not on the page yet, but we also want to want them to tell us what is working, what they loved, and what they think is really going well in our work. It's only when they do that that their critique becomes helpful to us and, and helps us grow as a writer and keeps us inspired to keep writing. So if you're reading feedback from someone and it's, it is mean-spirited, it is not uplifting, then you know that you are asking the wrong person to partner with you to help you grow as a writer. So for instance, let me give you an example here. If I show my work to someone and their comment is, oh my gosh, I really hate your protagonist. I can't believe she was so mean to her brother on page five. Ugh, she's the worst. I don't really relate to her. Why did you write her like that? Okay, if someone says that, that is completely unhelpful. That has, that has not given me anything that can help me grow. And it's probably made me feel really bad about everything I wrote. So instead, what we're looking for in anyone who is critiquing our work, we're looking for them to say, oh my gosh, on page two, I really loved it when your protagonist said X thing to her boyfriend. I thought that was so funny. And then a little while later, oh, on page five, when your protagonist was fighting with her brother, I'm not really sure why she was acting that way to him. She seemed to be pretty hostile. Is there some backstory here that I'm not understanding? If so, maybe drop a little bit of it onto the page because I'd really love to know why these two seem so aggressive towards each other. Right? So things like that. It's just the tone. One is 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 really a tone of criticism and like you're terrible at this. And the other is a tone of, "Hey, I like your work, but I'm not sure I completely understand everything that's happening. Maybe you can explain it to me better. And when we get critiques like that, then we know that we've partnered with the right person. If we receive the other kind, the first kind that I was talking about, we know that we've partnered with the wrong person. And we know that whatever their critique is, honestly, it's probably more of a reflection of themselves at the moment. Maybe they're feeling stressed out. Maybe they're feeling angry. Maybe whatever. They, they want to retaliate against the world. And the easiest way is to write something mean to someone else. So if you see the first kind of critique or criticism, just let it go. Just say, look, um, whatever made the person write this thing, it was not, it did not have the intention of helping me grow as a writer. This person probably is going through some stuff in their own life. And I'm just going to let let that go and let that slide away from me because it's not about me. Not really. Key understanding number five. And this goes back to the idea that a lot of the criticism that we as writers receive is actually in the form of critique. Okay, 
So you've sent your work to a book coach or developmental editor or your beta reader or your cousin, and you've asked for feedback. And they've given it to you, and it's kind. It's balanced, right? They've told you what they love about your work, and they've told you what isn't quite on the page yet. But you, as the writer, can only focus on that second category, everything that they said was wrong with it. There's one thing that we have to do. We have to understand that critique of our work is not rejection of our work. What I mean by that is that we're going back to the understanding that even the best novel received critique, received criticism, right? So think of your favorite novel. You have no idea probably how many levels of revision happened with that novel. When your favorite author turned that into their editor, the editor probably went through it and told them many, many things that weren't there yet on the page, many things that had to be rethought, many obvious things that uh, made the writer feel like, ah, how could I have missed that? And that's okay. So it's just about reframing that the stuff that we read, the New York Times bestselling novel that has changed our lives, it didn't start out in that form. That writer paired hand in hand with some kind of an editor throughout the whole process. And that book went through many, many revisions. It went through, if you're talking about a New York Times bestselling novel, it went through revisions. Uh, first, just what the writer did, their own revisions. And then the agent suggested revisions. And then um, the acquisitions editor at the publishing company suggested revisions. And on and on and on. And none of those works were bad. They were all marvelous. And they all grew even stronger with getting critiqued and getting feedback and, and being edited. So the understanding here is that just because someone says there are things that need to be improved in your novel, it doesn't mean your novel is bad. It is not a rejection of your novel. So keep writing it, keep improving it, keep editing it, and it will get there. It will get to that higher level. Key understanding number six. Sometimes critiques of your work actually reflect a cultural misunderstanding of your work. What I mean by that is that if you are not from culturally from a Western storytelling tradition, then immediately you are going to be at a disadvantage when you're asking people who are of the Western storytelling tradition to analyze and critique your work. So for instance, in uh, Western storytelling traditions, we tend to emphasize the individual. We tend to emphasize cause and effect. We tend to emphasize an inner monologue for the protagonist. Whereas Eastern storytelling traditions don't often emphasize those aspects. So if someone who is from the Eastern storytelling tradition is asking a uh, Western storytelling tradition editor to look at their work, the editor might find all of these things that are wrong with the work, whereas really what they're doing is they're misunderstanding the intended audience. Meaning, if you are from an Eastern storytelling tradition and the audience that you want for your work are other people from an Eastern storytelling tradition, then you need to uh, write in a way and follow the storytelling traditions of the culture that you're writing for. So you're going to be at a disadvantage from getting help from an editor who doesn't know those traditions. Uh, one thing that I would definitely suggest, if you think this sounds like you, 
there is a wonderful book out there that you need to read. It's called Craft in the Real World by Matthew Salasis. And I think it really dives into this principle very well. So I'd say, honestly, go out there and read it. It's great. And I think it is very revealing about what we consider good in craft and really how it all is just an opinion. We've arrived at the end. We are at key understanding number seven. And I've saved this last one for the end because I think it's a more uplifting way to end a discussion about something that's not really uplifting, which is criticism and critique. So here's my challenge to you. You have to understand that there's probably a nugget of truth in the criticism and critique that you receive. And you need to figure out what that is and learn from it. So again, we're talking about kind criticism, about fair criticism, about balanced criticism. So when you read it, a lot of times we have a knee-jerk reaction to only defend our work and say, no, 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 you just didn't understand. And that might be the truth. They Maybe they didn't understand. But usually the reader doesn't understand something because we as the writer have the curse of knowledge and it's all perfectly great in our head, but we didn't get it down on the page. So when someone comes back to you with a critique and it it feels a little bit hurtful because we don't ever want to be wrong about anything, just take a moment to say, is there a nugget of truth in this criticism or critique? What can I learn from it? When my protagonist was talking to her brother, is there a really good reason? Did I forget to put the backstory on the page? Should I be doing that now so that my reader really does understand the relationship dynamic that they have? So it's just very important to really take a moment and say, what can I learn from the critique that I got? Because as writers, that's the way we grow. We grow by showing our work to other people and asking them what they think and then listening to what they say and letting that help our work grow and become better. In fact, I will say 100% as a book coach, the biggest thing I see is that people come to me without ever having had good critiques. And they come to me without ever seeing their work reflected back to them. So they haven't been able to grow as a writer. And they take leaps and bounds of growth once they start getting the critique and they start listening to it and thinking about what I'm saying and they start implementing it and allowing it to help them grow. So no matter what the critique you have, if it's kind and fair, think about it. Does the reader have a point? Is there some way that it can help you grow as a writer? Okay, writers, I really hope that that was helpful to you for handling and compartmentalizing and processing criticism in a healthy way that can keep you writing and creating. And if it was, and if you think that uh, you want to go a little bit further with this, please go and grab the free workbook. You can find it at manyworldswriting.com forward slash handling criticism. And if this was helpful to you, please take a moment to follow and subscribe to this podcast and to share it with a writer friend because those are the easiest ways that you can show your support for the show and let me know that you're interested in hearing more. Until next time, keep writing, keep dreaming, and remember, the world needs your stories right now, so don't you dare give up on your novel or yourself. 
See you later.